It's an honor for me to have been asked to share the message this morning, and I'm excited to be able to do that. And what a series we're in right now. Man, I've shed tears every single service. Uh, It's just been so good. Uh, For the last two weeks, uh, Pastor has shared under, uh, he shared with us rather, uh, One Nation, and then the message on Under God. And today is my opportunity to share uh, on this incredible word called indivisible, indivisible. So I'd like to pray as we get started this morning. Father, I pray that you would just uh, help us today to receive the word of the Lord. I pray today, God, that you would open our hearts real big and that you would just help us to grow in this time together. May God's word speak to us. May the Holy Spirit initiate conversations in our thoughts right now. And we thank you for it. And in the name of Jesus, and everyone said amen Amen. and amen. Uh, The word indivisible actually means unable to separate or inseparable or unable to divide. And when uh, Pastor Josh asked me to speak on this, I went over a week or close to two weeks um, not knowing what to say, not knowing how, how to bring this message in this particular time frame that our society is in. And one morning about three o'clock, the Lord just had me awake and I told my wife, I got to get up and write some stuff down because I think maybe uh, I've got something here uh, that I really needed from the Lord. And so today I'm going to be talking to you about our country and the desire of uh, the Lord and our nation to be inseparable or unable to divide. It's what the framers had in mind when they were establishing this great nation, our Constitution, the Bill of Rights, that we would be the United States of America. Not the divided states of America, but the United States of America. A group of people living under the principles of God so that we would not be able to be divided. It's also, you can see very clearly in the Bible, it's the desire of God that we live in unity. The, all, it runs all the way through the Bible. In fact, in our text in 133 in verse 1, it says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brothers, for brethren to dwell together in unity. How pleasant, how good it is for us to dwell together in unity. It runs through the Bible. In Matthew 12, Jesus said this. Listen, every kingdom divided against itself shall not stand. Every kingdom divided against itself shall not stand. Unity in a home means peace. Somebody say amen. Amen. Unity in our church means power. We see in the book of Acts chapter 2, when they were in one accord, in one place, the power of God came in 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 a tangible fashion, in an amazing way. Unity in our nation means promise for the future. Of course, that's why Satan's strategy for our nation, our home, our marriages is to divide and conquer. Because he knows that when we're walking together, something good will always happen. But when we're divided, he knows that we cannot stand. Now you can see what a challenge this is before us this morning because probably since uh, the Civil War, our nation has not been more divided probably than what we are right now. 
We live in a time where we have been divided in almost every category, religious and non-religious, social issues, color, gender, rich and poor, political issues, and on and on it could go. Our country just seems so divided. And you can imagine, as I thought about what to say, what would help us, what, what could we even unite under if it's not truth? What could we unite under if it's not God? I really didn't know where I was going to go. I really didn't know what to say, to be honest with you, because we just seem so divided, like oil and water, it seems. It seems like right and left, conservative and liberal. And this is where we are. And the question is, where can we go from here and what can we do? Listen to this. Before I get into this message, I want to tell you something that I believe is very, very important for you to consider. First of all, to continue to be divided and to deepen those divisions, irregardless of who is right and who is wrong, will bring like Rome our own demise. Not very many amens on that, but I'm going to say it again. If we are continue to be divided, it will deepen our divisions irregardless of who is right or wrong, and soon we will not be a nation. A kingdom, Jesus said it well, a kingdom divided against itself shall not stand. So if we deepen, continue to deepen this divide, it's not going to help us. But on the other hand, to compromise our own spiritual and moral principles for the sake of unity, not a chance. To compromise our own spiritual and moral principles for the sake of unity, then the world, listen, that would be our own undoing. The, 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 it would be catastrophic to our own character and it would separate us from our relationship with God. If we were to compromise as a church, our, I noticed that the uh, Roman Catholic Church, well, the Pope, not the Roman Catholic Church, but the, the Pope uh, had statements the other day about, about marriage and different things. Listen, if we compromise here in these areas that we've been standing for, it would be our own undoing. Come on, say a good amen. amen. To throw up our hands and say, well, it's gotten so bad that there's no turning back now. That's not God's way. That's not our hope for the future. What does that say to our children and our grandchildren if we just throw up our hands and say, well, that's it, there's no more hope? No, that's not the answer. Come on, say amen. So what do we do in this critical juncture in our world? Let's take a look at uh, the life of an incredible man who wasn't in charge of anything, and yet he changed the world that he lived in. And let's learn some life lessons from a man named Joseph this morning. Do you have your uh, pen or paper or your iPad or your, your, your notes somehow, your phone or whatever you're taking notes on? We're going we're gonna to take some life lessons from Joseph this morning. Uh, Joseph wasn't a king or a president. He was a slave. He wasn't in charge of anybody. He was sold to the house of Potiphar in a land that we know as Egypt. The land of Egypt wasn't his home or his culture. Israel was, many miles away from there. The Egyptians, they didn't live his way. They didn't have the same, the same values and morals that he had. Far from it. And yet, God used this man Joseph to change not one nation, but two nations. The nation of Egypt and the nation of Israel. How did he do this? Well, first of all, just to keep it simple, Joseph, he lived for God and used his gift. Let me say it another way. He lived his life for God and he used his gift well. Let me say it one more time. 
He used his God-given gift out in the open for everyone to see. He just lived for God and he used the gift that God gave him. Simple as that. He just lived for God and he used the gift that God gave him. That's how simple it was. In Genesis chapter 39, verses one through three, and he's gonna show it to us on the screen. It says this, Joseph was brought down to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian brought him to the hands, brought him of the, uh, the hands of the Ishmaelites, which he had brought uh, him down thither. And the, look at this. This is the captive phrase here. The Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. And he was a prosperous man. He's a slave. He's not, a, he's not, he's not in charge of anything or anybody. And yet the Lord is with him and he's doing well. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And the master, watch this everybody, the master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord had made, uh, made all that he did to prosper in his hands. As we travel forward in the story, we find out that Potiphar later on, he doesn't even know how much money he has. He doesn't even know the possessions that he's ascertained. You know why? because he put all of that in the hands of this man named Joseph, his slave, that he purchased with money. He put all of his, his possessions into the hand of this man who he just merely saw the Lord was with him and he saw that whatever he did was, was excellent. It was incredible. And so his life was almost worry-free of money. It was very free of those problems. In fact, I want to suggest that Joseph was the best thing that had ever happened to him. Man, what a blessing. He's just living his life for God in front of everybody. But how many of you know darkness sure does hate light? So sin and darkness will do whatever it can to put out that light. So along comes the temptation, and you know the story. Day after day, Potiphar's wife comes to Joseph and says, sleep with me. And day after day, Joseph declines. By the way, everybody, this was not a temptation. I want you to take note of this. This was not a temptation to have a sexual relationship with the boss's wife. This was, it seems that way, but this was not a, an opportunity to have sex with the boss's wife. Rather, it was a temptation to destroy the influence that God had in the life of Joseph, to put out the light of God in his life. That's what the temptation was. And the same is true with us today. The temptation of our culture and society today is not a temptation to pervert sexuality around us or within us. It's not a temptation to get you hooked on drugs or alcohol or whatever your temptation might be. Listen now, it is a temptation to put the light of God that is in you out. It is a temptation to steal your influence for God. And by the way, holding on to your principles doesn't mean that everything's going to turn out good either. How many of you realize that? I know sometimes we have a tendency to think like this. I do. Maybe y'all are more spiritual than I am, but I tend to think like this. If I do the right thing, then the right thing will happen. But sometimes when you do the right thing, the right thing doesn't happen. But the, 
The key here is not that I could be blessed or not be blessed. The key is that I don't lose my influence. In real life terms, Joseph lost. Listen, by doing the right thing, in real life terms, Joseph lost his job, his freedom that he had, his reputation, and he went right straight to prison. How do you like that for doing the right thing? But what he didn't lose was this. He didn't lose his relationship with God. He didn't lose the principles of his life. He didn't lose his moral compass and he didn't lose his great attitude. Think about that. Listen, I want you to write something down if you, if you have the capacity to. Some losses you can recover from and some you cannot. When you lose, make sure you don't lose what you cannot live without. Man, I hope you're writing that down. When you lose in life, make sure that what you lose is something that you cannot live without. Don't try to gain the world and lose your soul. You were born with nothing. What you have was because of God. The blessings can come and they can go. You'll die with nothing except for our relationship with God, our principles, and our moral compass. If you lose that, you lost. If in the midst of temptation, you lose what you cannot live without, you lose. So let's add it all up, his gains and his losses. He lost everything but who he really was. He lost everything but the man that he really was. Now, why is that okay? Because everything else can be replaced like Job. How many of you know Job lost everything that he had, but he didn't lose who he was, and because he didn't lose who he was, he gained it all back in some. But when you lose who you are, you've lost. Man. How many people have gained a small piece of the pie just to have lost their soul by giving, up, by giving up who they are to gain what they cannot keep? Second, second thing I want you to see is Joseph influenced his culture by using the gift that he possessed. You say, Pastor, we've kind of gotten off track here about... Uh, about how we fix our culture. Not yet, we're not. We're still good, doing good. Bump the person next to you and say, we're okay. We're okay. Second thing I want you to see is, is Joseph influenced his culture by using the gift that he possessed. He didn't try, listen, he didn't try to be something that he wasn't. He just, he just did what he is, what he was. He just used the gift that God had given him. Now, his gift was seeing and understanding what was going to happen before it happened. The Bible said that Joseph had the ability to understand visions and dreams. How many know that would be a really cool gift to have? He had the ability to understand visions and dreams. Early on, he saw his father and his mother and his brothers bowing down to him. Now, he didn't know how this was going to happen. He didn't know when this was going to happen. He just knew it was going to happen because he saw it in a vision or a dream, and he understood what would take place. Even his father said, do you mean that your father and your mother will one day bow down to you? 
It's just what I saw. He saw the baker and the butler and he understood what it meant. He saw Pharaoh's dream and he understood what it meant. What a cool gift. The truth is all of us, all of us have a gift that God wants to use to help influence this culture with. I said all of us have a gift that God wants to use to help influence our culture with. All of us do. Now, sometimes, though, the problem is we don't know, we don't really impact our culture with our gift because we're so busy wanting the gift that someone else has. So we don't give a lot of credence to the gift that God has given us a lot of times because our gift is not as cool, it's not as awesome as understanding dreams and visions. It's not as cool and awesome as somebody else's gift, so we don't give a lot of credence to it. But let me tell you this. Joseph impacted two nations and a culture by using the gift that God had given him. You know, I was thinking about it. I would just absolutely love to have the gift of being dashingly handsome. <laughs> it's a gift, you know. It is. I see some of you have it. It's a gift. Esther, who was beautiful, a lot like my wife, she actually won a beauty contest. Think about this. Esther won a beauty contest and became the queen all because she was beautiful. Then, listen to this, everybody. She used her influence with the king to save her nation. Wow, she had the gift of being beautiful. And she used the gift that she had. She didn't want to. Mordecai, I mean, uh, her father, her, her uncle, rather, he encouraged her in a strong way to use the gift that she had. And she used the gift and she became the apple of the eye of the king and saved the people of Israel. Let me just say, if you're beautiful or you're handsome, listen, God has not given you that gift to be proud. He's given you that gift to use that to influence people in a way that other people could not do. And I mean that with all of my heart. God has given you an incredible gift. Use it for God. Come on, say a good amen. amen. Some people have the gift of being really smart. Maybe that gift runs in your family. What a cool gift. Being really, really smart. I prayed for this one for a long time. I figured the handsome was out. So I prayed for this being really smart gift. But it too neither came to me either. <laughs> it's kind of funny. The influence gift that God gave me is one of the least desirable gifts that anybody would desire. It really is. And yet, like Joseph, it has given me the incredible opportunity to use my godly influence, not only here in our community and other communities in which we've lived in, but literally all over the world. God has allowed me to use the gift that he's given me to, to uh, use my godly influence to impact people all over the world. And, and what a great thing that's been for my life just to see it. The gift, my gift is hard work. I know what you, some of you are thinking, oh, to be handsome. <laughs> but not hard work, Lord, you know. <laughs> oh, to be smart. But not, not his gift. I'm not gonna pray for that gift. 
the gift of hard work and the, uh, the ability to believe in its outcome that hard work will allow you to accomplish anything. I just want to tell you that, I'm, and just since pastor said something, I didn't have it in my notes to say, but the building that you're sitting in right now, is, it's, it's influencing our community, but it is the byproduct of a lot of hard work. And so is a lot of other things in, in, the, in, this, in this building and other places in the world. God wants you to use your gift so that you can have influenced the culture and thereby be able to touch people's life. Now, all of you have a gift. And so here's what he wants you to do. He wants you to let your light shine through your gift. Come on, simple thing like Joseph, just go and live for the Lord. Let God, let other people see that God is with you and then use your gift to influence the culture. Joseph, his next stop was the prison. And what happened to him in the prison? The warden looked at him, saw that the Lord was with him, saw that he was a leader in every way. And you know what he did? He just turned the keys of the prison over to Joseph. I mean, you know, Joseph wasn't in charge at Potiphar's house, but he was in charge. He wasn't in charge at the prison. He was a prisoner. And the warden now has turned the keys over to Joseph. He's in charge. Everybody loves him. You know what's happening? Just two things, simple things. First of all, he's just living for the Lord each and every day, having a good time, even in prison, and he's using his gift Amen. of influence to influence people's life. And you know what's happening? The next thing you know, he's in charge. Check it out. When Pharaoh called Joseph up out of prison, you know what he did? He saw Joseph. He saw the wisdom in him. He saw the gift of God in him. And he said, you're in charge of all of the land of Egypt. No one is over you, Joseph, except for me. Are you kidding me? Here is a slave in Potiphar's house who got sent to prison for something he didn't do. Then he's in charge of the prison. Now he's a second only in the land of Egypt, all because he's using his gift of God and he's living for God in a way that, that is pleasing to God. Some people, I want to say some people in this room today, you are having some crazy thoughts right now that things are so bad that you might as well just throw up your hands and let it all go to the devil. I want to say, are you kidding me? That is exactly what we don't do in times like this as the people of God. Listen, now is the time to get involved in your church, help feed hungry people, run for the school board, get involved in your city, and you do everything within your power to use your gift to influence people for good. Amen. Give the Lord a good clap offering today. <clears throat> Now is the time to let your light shine. Now is the time to use your gift to influence people for good. Use your gift, let your light shine, and let God promote you and use the influence that God has given you. <clears throat> I'd like for you to do something with me. Brian, come up here if you would. <clears throat> Reach and grab your cell phones real quickly. We've already done this one time, but... We're just cell phoning today, aren't we? So uh, I thought it was hilarious a minute ago. My wife, I looked over at her cell phone. She said, this is your mother. She texts Josh. <laughs> said, it's a bad day we're living in, y'all, when you have to text. 
Okay, never mind. Just <clears throat> thank you, David. I just, that's, I'm reaching here. <clears throat> um, turn it on, by the way. If you turn your cell phone off when you come into church, thank you. And if you're smart enough to, uh, to know how to turn it down and it really works, Brian, come over here for just a minute. I want you to kill yours for just a minute. Um, <clears throat> so turn it on. Everybody got your cell phone on? I want you to listen to me right now. In this room, in this room right now, there is both the power of light and darkness. Both are present right now. Let me say it a different way. Both are powerfully present right now. I want you to, want you to we're going to turn the lights off, so don't, don't get disturbed. Don't turn your phone on in any way just yet. Just uh, turn all those lights on your phones off. Would you turn those lights off back in the back and turn all the lights off for us for just a minute? <clears throat> and could you click those lights off maybe back there in the back? I love all those people who have already got their light on, but they, uh, they're hiding it. So hide it well. Hide it well. Hide it well. You know what uh, is amazing? Just a minute ago, it, the, the light was overpowering the darkness. But now, the darkness is overpowering the light. It's incredible. It's amazing. Now, Brian's going to turn on his light here for us. It's always been amazing to me, the power of one light, what it can do. But when you add to it, y'all power yours up now. When you add to it, oh, my goodness, I wish you guys could. Oh, my goodness, I wish you guys could see what we're seeing up here. When you add to it, what's happening is the power of light is now pushing back the power of darkness. And that's, you know what your light is? Your light is the influence that God has given you. Let's, let's bring the lights on up. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Let's bring the lights on up. That is the influence that God has given you to be able to change the society for good. Both light and darkness is present in our culture right now. And you know what? The truth is, there's probably no way that we're going to, to, to bring light and darkness together in a way that's going to be harmonious. But you know what can happen? The power of light can push back the darkness in such a way where we can live in peace in the light. Or the power of darkness can push the light back where we live in darkness. And that's why God has given us our gifts so that we can live together and influencing. How do we do this? Now, this is the most important part. How do we do this? How can we be the light and the influencers in our culture? Here it is. If you want to write it down, it's just one simple little paragraph. We stop fighting the culture the world's way. We stop fighting with flesh and blood. We stop looking like the other side. We stop getting ugly. You know, Jesus, I read it in Philippians. He said, prefer one another. Put one another ahead of yourself. Stop. 
Let's stop acting like the world. Jesus said, love one another. How many of you know it's love that changes the heart of people, not hatred and ugliness and all of those kinds of things? No, we may not be able to coexist in our values. We may not ever be able to come together on the issue of abortion. I suspect no. We may be never come together on areas of, of sexuality. I suspect no. But I tell you one thing we can do. We can live for the Lord, let our light shine, influence culture, we can change society. We can love one another, and that will have an incredible godly impact. Listen, if we keep fighting like the world, we will destroy ourselves. Stop fighting like the culture and do it God's way. Let your light shine and start influencing your culture for good. I want to ask our band to come if they would, and our prayer partners to come. And you can turn your phones off if you want to and bow your heads and for a moment if you would and close your eyes. And I just want to say a couple of things to you in closing here. Hallelujah. In fact, can I just pray for us real quickly before we, we go any further? Just bow your heads for a moment. I just pray that God uses us in the coming days like you have used others in the past, like Daniel that Pastor talked about last week, like Joseph that we talked about this week, like Esther and other people. I pray that God would use us. Come on, would you pray that with me? God, that you would use us to influence culture like you've used others in the past. You may be thinking, you know, hey, I don't, I don't have a leadership row. Guess what? Neither did Joseph. I'm not in charge of anything. Guess what? Neither was he. Use me, God, to bring light into the darkness. That's it. Use my gift, God, to bring influence into our society. And Father, we thank you. We thank you. With every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment, if you're not in right relationship with God right now, there's no way you can help with this incredible job that's before us until you get your heart right with God. If you're not in right relationship with God, in just a moment, we're going to ask you to come and find a place or someone to pray with and get your heart in right relationship with God. Listen, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you have allowed the present darkness of our world to influence your life in a way that's not godly, and you say, not anymore, not anymore. Today is a day where I'm going to make a change in my life, and I'm going to stop allowing the darkness and the influence of the world to take my life in a direction that is contrary to the way of God. Today is your day to just come in a moment, find a place of prayer and say, God, forgive me, cleanse me, wash me and help me to let my light shine and to use my gift to influence our culture. Here's what I want you to do. We have a number of people that are here this morning that are ready, willing and able to pray for you. And we have areas in the front of this church where you can just come and kneel down and say, God, touch my life. I want to say one last thing before we pray. If you're, if you're here with us this morning and you have felt like so many of us have in the past weeks and months and years, 
and you've about reached the point where you think, man, this whole thing is, is, is just a smelly ship going down. I want to tell you that I believe with all my heart that God gave me a simple message to encourage you to say with God, nothing is impossible. And, and the future is within God's hands, but he's going to use us to take us there. And if you've been discouraged today, if you've been discouraged over the last weeks and months, I want to tell you, I believe with all my heart that these men and women that are here to pray with you are ready to pray encouragement over your life and that God would help you. With our band ready to play, if you're not in right relationship with God or you say, Pastor, I, I've allowed the culture to influence my life. Or you say, Kevin, I'm, so, I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean pastor. I, I've been used to saying that for years. I, Kevin, I have been so discouraged. I want God to encourage me this morning and let me get moving in the same direction that he's moving in this morning. Here we, here we go right now. Why don't you step out from where you are and begin to make your way to the front of this church? Come on right now. That's you. 